He's our provider. I know it's, it's maybe a little bit tough, isn't it? Trying to plan and do things, going to the gas pump. Um, know that God is in control, and I hope you remember your sure future. I'm going to, you know, I already introduced Jonathan and Zana and family, uh, or mentioned it about them being here with us this morning, and so I'm not going to try to take more, any more time. Uh, so I'm going to turn it over to Jonathan now. So. Amaha? Mm. Did that work for you? Let's try it again. Bom dia. Tudo bem? Not working still? First one was the Kangangi language. Uh, I do not speak it yet. We're still working at it. The second one was the National Brazilian language, somewhat close to Spanish, so... If I'd say Buenos Dias would be close to Brazil, but still would not be what they speak there. But it is a privilege to be once more with you. My name is Jonathan. Uh, I'm son of David and Grace Fred, who are still missionaries in Brazil. I don't know if they've been here. Okay, they've been here. And then also those that you might know, Eliezer and Kelly Steffens. She's my little sister. She got me in trouble a lot. And you might know my older sister also, which is Hope Rodriguez and João, her husband. So like I like to always say, we're running the family business. Uh, actually, my grandparents on my mother's side were missionaries. My parents are missionaries. And us three are missionary. Only God knows forward what will happen. Uh, we are missionaries in southern Brazil. So when you think of Brazil... You think of the Amazon, you think of hot weather, it's the exact opposite. We're so far south that we can get snow once in a while. We can get uh, down to 28 degrees usually, doesn't go too far, uh, much colder than that, but we have seen snow already on a few occasions. Uh, I'd like to introduce Izana, my wife, if you could stand up, please. John, our second the oldest son, David, our youngest, and Joanna, our daughter, is married, was not able to come with us because her husband was not able to get a tourist visa. I'm not asking them to stand up to embarrass them. I'm asking to share the clothes they're wearing, and I'm wearing is the typical southern cowboys or gauchos, as they're called down there, clothes. They could use this on a daily basis or more a festive day. So they uh, do deal with cattle. They like rodeos and stuff like that, so... Uh, this attire is usually what they'd use either on a festive day or I have some of my wife's uh, brothers that, or brother-in-laws also that would use these clothes on a daily basis. Thank you. You can sit. Uh, we would appreciate anyone who would like a prayer card. Uh, it's not to scare rats away. It's not to scare your unwanted uh, visitors. But just to be praying for us, we truly appreciate it. Uh, I'd like to ask you another question. How many of you have been to Brazil? I know my family's been to Brazil, so they're not going to raise their hands. How many of you have been to Brazil? Nobody? Well, you guys are in Brazil. 
through your prayers, through your financial investment in our ministry or the ministry God has called us to, you are working as missionaries in Brazil. I like to look at my own life and I like to look as God, he has a ministry in Brazil. He has a tribal group that spread across the four states of southern Brazil are over 30,000 people. They do speak the national language, but they do have a tribal language. Uh, and in the reservation we work on, in the, southern, the northern part of southern Brazil, the state, uh, there are over 7,000 Indians that need to hear the gospel. They do have somewhat heard the preaching, but it's so mixed up with religion that it is very hard for them to come to understand. So uh, we have been 10 years now working with these Indians. We have been. When I say we, I include you. Five years, I know at least the church has been behind us, and we appreciate that, and thank you for the investment of the church. And uh, just knowing that God wants to reach a Kangangi people, and I have the privilege to be part of what he is doing as you have the privilege of being part of what God is doing down there. Through all the missionaries, this church support. One thing God has really touched my heart coming back this time is just thinking how, you know, through many years, and I, that's one thing that's really impressed me, how many missionaries have come out of Nebraska. We have, in Custer County, I know several, and I know uh, several other locations. God has called Nebraskans to go around the world. My dad put it this way. He says, I could never imagine, and he grew up on a farm out in the southeast corner of Custer County. He says, I could never imagine that an Indian young lady that was, he, they were able to minister in her life down in Brazil would come back to visit his farm here in the U.S. So we do invest in lives. We do have the opportunity to be part of what God is doing. Uh, we do work through New Tribes Missions of Brazil, in the U.S., it's called Ethnos 360, for those of you that are still getting used to the name change. But in Brazil, it's to, still New Tribes Missions of Brazil. So we're affiliated to the Brazilian mission that uh, work with the Brazilian mission, but it's affiliated to New Tribes. Uh, the reservation we work on is 17 miles long by 12 miles wide. And we can get anywhere we need to by car. Uh, so we do not have the necessity of airplanes or boats that are a lot more costly. Our desire is to work ourselves out of a job. Our desire is to be able to preach until a church is established, and then from there, us go to another location and have a local leadership and a church there. So that's where we're working for. Now I would like to pass a video presentation, just a few pictures and uh, some information, and then we'll go on from there.
this time of desperation When all we know is doubt and Christ, we believe in the Holy Spirit, and He's given us new life. We believe in the crucifixion, we believe that He conquered death. We believe in the resurrection, and He's coming back again. We believe so.
It's not all about the shepherds on the bright and shining star. It's not all about the wise men who traveled from afar. It's about the cross. It's about my sin. It's about how Jesus came to be born once so that we could be born again. It's about the stone that was rolled away so that you and I could have real life someday. It's about the cross. You a little bit more of an idea. I know I can talk a lot, but pictures can talk a little bit more, but uh, whoever wants to go down and see it as a reality, uh, you're more than welcome. Uh, tend to go down there and physically get to know the ministry down there. Uh, we work mainly in church planting, like I said. Uh, the hardest part for us is just to be relevant to them. I ask you guys, how many of you would just let me go into your house and start talking about the Bible? without first getting to know who I am, without first being able to know if I am trustworthy, to then to know if there is something that I have to say that you want. And for them, this is also a truth. They already have a set of cultural patterns, of beliefs, and uh, we have to challenge some of these beliefs, uh, according, of course, in a very way that will respect who they are as a people, as a nation, but to, for them to understand their need to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. Uh, we think of all the nations and all the people around the world that someday will have the privilege to be before the throne of Jesus Christ. That is our desire. Our mission is to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world by planting churches among the indigenous people. Our calling is to bring faith to the faithless, hope to the hopeless, and the love of God to the unloved. By sharing the love of God with those that have little hope of hearing the true gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's what motivates our heart to go farther and farther. I'd like to just share some verses with you in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 20. And here it's the end of Paul's third missionary journey, Acts chapter 20. So Paul is going back to all the churches he's already visited. He's going kind of like on a straight line, beeline to Jerusalem where he wants to be soon. But as he goes by the area, he doesn't want to go clear to Ephesus, but he wants the elders of that church to come to the city of Miletus, where he is. And that's where we find ourselves in Acts chapter 20, uh, starting with verse 16. I would like to just read a few verses here and take some application for us this morning. So in chapter 16 of Acts 20, it says, Paul had decided to sail past Ephesus to avoid spending time in the province of Asia for 
he was in a hurry to reach Jerusalem, if possible, by the day of Pentecost. From Miletus, Paul sent to Ephesus for the elders of the church. So he had this desire to soon get to, where, to Jerusalem to be there by Pentecost. And, but he also wanted to continue giving a courage and talking to those that were, would be responsible from there on. Down in verse 22, it reads like this. And now compelled by the Spirit, I am going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city in the city, the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardship are facing me. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. If only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying the gospel of God's grace. And as we serve in Brazil, this is on our hearts too. We have the desire. We understand the urgency as at least in the video presentation I passed there, uh, at least four people that are there have passed on already. Uh, one Christian lady, we believe in that she was saved, that she expressed her salvation. We are grateful that she is in heaven. But at least three other people were there. We're not sure if they're in heaven today. As we were going through the COVID, we were talking to the ladies, uh, some ladies there, and we says, you know, uh, we were not able to enter the reservation for at least one year during the worst part of COVID. And as people in the Indian reservation passed on and died because of it or the complications of it, uh, we would say to them, you know, there's nothing we can do about them. But what about the other ones, those that will come out in need to hear? So as we return now, after, you know, uh, COVID is going, hopefully, already down and we're able to return to the enter the reservation our desire is that more and more people will be able to uh hear and paul he just puts this his desire and as he's going there and as he will express here in the next verse he he knows that you know things are happening everywhere he's gone he's had difficulties but as he goes to Jerusalem he knows it's going to be harder and harder and on this journey back several people come up and say Paul you're going to Jerusalem and it's going to be bad for you you're going to be persecuted you're going to be in prison you're going to be bound and he says I know I know this is going to happen to me these difficulties I'm already feeling the Holy Spirit driving me to go there, but I know I'm going to go through these things. And he's preparing the other churches as he's going by and saying, you know, this is going to happen to me. You don't need to be embarrassed because I know this is what God is calling me to do. In verse 25, he says, Now I know that none of you among whom I have gone about preaching the kingdom will ever see me again. You know, on the 17th of August, we will be returning to Brazil. I don't know if I'll come back in five years. It's my desire. I'm making plans for that or sooner. Uh, but we do not know the things that will come about. Paul here was understanding that his ministry, all he had done, a man that had turned the world upside down with his preaching. We know that God doesn't call all of us to to this kind of ministry. But each one, God desires to walk in a way with us that we will have 
uh, 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 be able to feel him directioning our lives to what he desires. And here he is letting them, saying goodbye to them. He says, yeah, I'll probably be around for a while. I don't know how long. But this specific group, these elders, he knew directed by the Holy Spirit that he would not see again. Verse 26, 26 says then, Therefore I declare to you today that I am innocent of the blood of all men, for I have not hesitated to proclaim to you the, whole, the will of God. Keep watch over yourselves and all the flocks of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he brought, bought with his own blood. So here in Paul's heart, he is feeling the weight of his ministry ending. In some way, he didn't know what was going to happen. He didn't know how much time he would still have on this earth. But he was feeling something was going to happen. And as he called the elders from Ephesus there to where he was, his heart is weighed with what will happen after I'm gone. How will the gospel continue on being preached in other places? So he is here trying to call these elders into a position to continue on after he is gone. Like I said, he didn't know how long he would have, but he knew whatever city he went, he just about got stoned to death several times. He knew that if it was because of the, the, the Jews themselves, they would have killed him a long time ago. So he didn't know what, but he knew he had the desire that more and more people would come to know the truth of who Jesus Christ is. Can you imagine the Jews their whole life received the word of God, the, the Old Testament, and all of a sudden a man appears and says, you know, I'm the Messiah. If they didn't go back, if they didn't have a desire to go into the Old Testament and understand the prophecies about who the Messiah should be, they would miss it. And Jesus Christ came to change all this. And even a man as hard as Paul, God was able to reach him and change his life and through his life, change the world around him. But now he is here calling to these men to stand up. You know, this world is a battlefield. A battlefield where many people are passing away into eternity without knowing Jesus Christ. And each generation, God is calling people to stand up to continue on the fight. The fight of sharing the gospel to those around us. Uh, I like what one person said to me. He said, you know, some people say like this, you know, he has all the money he needs. He has a good house. He has a good family. He has, you know, all he could ever want. But he just doesn't have the gospel. He doesn't have salvation. And I say to you, this person has nothing. Because what he most needs is to know Jesus Christ as his Savior. We look at many things around it and forget the essence of who we are. We were created in the image of God. Our value has to be in who we are. We are children of God. And as this battlefield, many fall. I have filled in 
for my grandparents. My grandfather is 88, going on 89 years old. He's retired already, but still alive. My grandmother passed away. My parents became missionaries. Some of their, all of my mother's brothers and sisters became missionaries for some time. But I felt in my heart, God calling me to stand up and continue on this ministry. But what happens when my time is over? If God gives me 30, 40 more years to preach a gospel in Brazil, I, it will be an honor. But someday, somebody will have to stand up and fill in the lines and continue on where we have left off. Who will that be? How will that be? Because uh, I may preach to this generation, but who may preach to the next generation? You know, uh, I'm very realistic. You know, there's 7,000 Indians. I know I'm not going to be able to reach all of them, but all those that God knows he can reach, I want to be the, have the privilege of being beside what he is doing. But I cannot reach the generation that has come before me. I cannot reach the generation that comes after me. And I am also realistic in that God has not called all to be missionaries in a foreign country. But God has called all of us to be a living testimony. When you uh, see an accident happen, when you see something happening and you're called in court to, to do what? Testify of what you have seen, of what you have heard. Who is Christ in your life? I like what one teacher said. We were about 30, 40 students in a classroom uh, training to be missionaries. And he says, you know, when you guys uh, leave here and go to wherever you're going to minister, you guys, from the minute you put your foot in the place you're going to minister, you're preaching the gospel. And sometimes God will use your words. But he always uses your lives. How do I act and react with my children? When nobody else is looking, or I think nobody else is looking, how am I acting? What am I doing? There's always people around us. They will believe what we say when they know we are, are worthy of trust. When we live what we talk about. Uh, God calls some to pray. He calls some to give financially. He calls some to go. But the ministry belongs to the Lord Jesus Christ. I just am honored to be a part of that. I'm honored that this church is a part of that also. That we together are reaching more people among the Kangangi Indians. Thank you for being our co-workers. Thank you for standing beside us in prayer and support. And as you guys consider other missionary fields, other missionaries, remember that you're an active part of what God is doing around the world. You know, I could, like Paul, you know, have a side job or a job and then preach the gospel. But it just takes time away from us being able to invest in their lives. 
So when God brings us together to do the ministry, we are better able to dedicate more time to doing this and uh, being able to all be a part. As it says in verse 32, Now I commit you to God and to the word of his grace, which can build you up and give you an inheritance among those who are sanctified. You guys are building an inheritance in heaven through your investment of time, prayer, financial support. The same, uh, uh, here goes a word in Portuguese in my head and can't get out, the, the spiritual gifts that missionaries will receive because they served on a foreign mission field will also be those that you will partake in for your investment also. God doesn't look, the missionary is the greatest. He's the one that suffered the most. No, he looks at who in their heart is truly being a part of this missionary. Has God called you to pray? Then pray. Pray for us. We need it. Other missionaries need it. Has God called you to help financially your missionaries? Continue on, because he is the one that is supplying for you to be able to do this. Now I ask, are you? I'll look at the young people just to make it more impressive. But all of us need to understand this. Is God, is, will God be able to count on you to fill in the line someday also? To go as far as Nebraska to preach the gospel? Or another state? Or an Indian reservation in the United States? Or will God be able to count on you to fill in the lines somewhere around the world where other missionaries have given all they had, do not have the health anymore, do not have the strength anymore to continue on? If God is calling you to do this, He will give you the strength. He will give you the desire. He will stand behind you because He is the one that is the most interested in reaching others for Christ. So when you think, oh no, another missionary. No, think one more chance of us being a part of what God is doing. When you think, oh, what is my life worth? What am I doing? When you are walking with God, you are doing and listening to Him. You are doing all He has called you to do. If it is a missionary, and you want to be our co-workers down in Brazil, we'll be happy. God is calling you somewhere else. Listen to what he is asking. But don't think, just because you're not serving physically in a mission field somewhere, you are not a part of what God's doing. And I am grateful, as I said, how this church has stood behind us. We're grateful for that. Uh, I, one or two questions would somebody have just for... Okay, uh, there's one more video presentation. I had the one already made, but because of COVID, we added a few more pictures uh, because we were able, when we weren't able to enter the Indian reservation, uh, we made homemade soap to be able to help the Indians with washing their hands. Uh, you say, well, they don't have money to buy soap. Well, if they have money, they're going to buy food. They're going to buy clothes. They're going to buy other stuff they need. So 
We were able to make homemade soap. We actually made one that I really liked out of avocado. And it was really nice and natural oil of an avocado is really good for your hands too. But we were able to help not only spiritually but physically so that we can make a difference in their lives, be present in their needs and their times of hardship. You can get people to know you but when you're there at their hard times, when they're losing their mother, when their sick ones are, are passing through a hard time, you build true relationships with them. And we are grateful how God has called us to this. And we are grateful that the 17th of August, we plan, you know, the Lord, we make plans, God, God says what's going to happen, but we're going back. And we truly are grateful of how you are being a part of this ministry. Thank you very much. We'll pass the next video and then Pastor will have the word again. Thank you.
Thank you, Jonathan, for a powerful message for us to remind us that we are involved. And no matter what age we are, what, and especially youth, remember, we need to follow Christ. And it may, he may be calling us into the mission fields. And what a, a powerful, wonderful blessing it is to, to know that when God has called us into this new life of his, that he's called us to do good works. He's called us into the ministry. And so we are all in the ministry, and we all need to be involved in many levels. And so I'm thankful for Jonathan and Zana and the young men with them uh, that they would come and share with us. Um, and I want to pray for them, and I want to remind you that we have some baskets in the back to, to take up an extra love offering for them. Right now, for the church, we're going to take up an offering for the church. Um, here in one second, if we could have the young men come forward. Any young men want to come forward, take up the offering for our church this morning?